Well, hey guys, welcome to this week of conversations. I'm super, super excited to jump into today's topic. Really want to jump into this idea of how to develop a staff or a team. And these are the people who you are paying. These are the people who are in your office 40 hours a week. These are the people who really are leading leaders. These are the those people that you are actually paying. They're in your office. And these are not just randoms that are in once in a while. Again, those people are making an impact as well. But this is really for church leaders. And some recent observations I've had, I don't know if we're doing the best job at developing our staff. I think what happens, and this might just be my personal experience or having conversations with people, but really the general consensus is once we, once we reach the lid of leadership where we are now leading leaders who lead leaders, so that's like second or third layers down into the org chart or the structure of your company, what ends up happening is we almost develop this mindset of self-seeding. And I don't think self-seeding is bad. I think that's actually a part of development. But the reality is in this moment, I want to break down some more theories and principles and then get into the practical side of it on if you have a staff of five or 500, really how, how we can develop them. And again, this is for people in the church and out of the church. This is all, it, it's the same thing regardless because we're dealing with people and development. And with that being said, as we jump into it, it, in the show notes, there's a link tree and there's plenty of free resources that I have for you. There's devotionals, there's apps that I use for videos. There's honestly just hundreds of different things that you can find on my website as well. Just free resources for you. I hope that you would be able to use those to, to your advantage. And in the midst of that, I, I, I want to just dive into this concept of development. And with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this, by the way. It means the world to me if you're listening to this via audio on the pod. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Amazon, wherever you're listening to it, seriously, it means so much to me. And YouTube, I love you so much. Thank you for subscribing. There's about 55,000 of you at the current time. Seriously, it means so much to me to think about how there's 55,000 human beings, individual people listening and watching my content on YouTube. Seriously, that just like blows my mind. It's so cool. But as we jump in, let's, let's bring some definitions here because we've heard this probably a thousand times from preachers, but with it, if you don't have definitions, you won't have distinctions and distinctions means that you can decide and see what is what. And I think the church does the word develop really injustice because what, what I'm talking about is I like to say all the Lees. You got spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically, physiologically, whatever, all the Lees. And that's what I'm talking about. How do, how do we bring somebody from where they're at to where they're going? And it is our responsibility to get them from A to B, but B is not the end goal. There is no such thing as the end goal when you're developing somebody because there's no such thing as a perfect person. So there's a lot, honestly, there's, that's freeing for some of you. But then there's also people where you go, great, Josh, that's, the, I get it. There's no end goal. It's all about the, the progress, not the perfection. But at the end of the day, people who are not being developed will leave you. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. I think, in my opinion anyways, I think it's, it's telling of the type of leader you are based on your turnover rate. And we all, we all know this. If we're in the, in the HR space and in the, in the development space, you're going there's probably a red flag if they have a new employee in the same role every six months. And you've heard it a thousand times. People don't leave bad organizations. They leave bad managers, bad leaders. 
And this is really in the next 30 minutes, I hope that I'd be able to bring some light to maybe some areas in your life that you could grow, but then also maybe there's somebody at your peer level or above you who you're saying, I don't think we're doing this quite right. And again, these aren't, these aren't, some of these things are not absolute truth. So I just want to preface that these, this podcast is called conversation because that's what I'm hope I'm creating. I'm hoping to create conversations inside your organization when you say, Hey, I don't know. I don't know if we're doing this right. And, and maybe we need to do this as well. And I would love that as well. Maybe comment on YouTube, some things that maybe you've seen in our, in our episodes that you'd say, Hey, I'd love to talk about this with you or, or whatever. But like I said, you need to define development because if you don't define development, you're just going to be in the cycle of thinking, you know, what a person needs, but really at the end of the day, you're not developing and growing your people. So we know this, but you don't find good leaders. You build good leaders. No one is born a leader. I don't care what people say. I think you might have traits of dominance or, or charisma, but those things don't oftentimes equate to leadership. Those are just personality traits. Somebody can be charismatic and be a horrible leader. Somebody can be dominant and most of the times that's not a great leader. So we gotta, we gotta bring some definition. So like I said, in my opinion, development is saying we're taking someone, a one human being from where they are to where we want them to be and where they want to be. And you gotta gain agreement on that because many times we're trying to develop somebody into this person the type of person we want, but they're saying, I don't want to be delved into that type of person. I want to be this type of person. So you got to get an agreement. So just some, some thoughts here. We got four thoughts and then I'll give some super, super practical recommendations to you on how to do this, but you got to have a vision. If you want to develop leaders, if you want to develop people, human beings, you got to have a vision. And there's two types of visions that I want to talk about right here. There's the, the company or organization the company organization's vision, which is, this is what where we are headed towards. This is where we are going. This is where we, that's we, we, we. And the other side of the vision is the personal vision. That's you or I. It's not plural, it's individual. And it's your responsibility as a leader to paint the picture of how that person plays a part in the bigger vision. Oftentimes we assume people know what we're talking about or assume they know the vision. Even if you've been in an organization for 25 years, you're gaining new members, employees, people. You got to reiterate the vision constantly. The, the, the vision should be so ingrained in the, per, the people's lives that they could be able to recite it to you. So make it personal and paint a picture of what the vision is. Make it personal. And Really jumping into some more thoughts here. Again, we got some thoughts and then we'll go super practical, but they can set boundaries, set them, set them for them and help them understand why. In this development culture, again, this is how to develop a leader, how to develop your staff. Development happens when we, when we have boundaries and a, and a boundaryless leader or a boundaryless employee has a timeline on it. And I would almost just say some of these topics that I'm going to be just highlighting these are, these are warning signs to you, yellow lights or yellow flags. These are not red flags yet, but they're, they're indicators of going, this person is going the wrong way and we need to pivot with them. So a person needs to have boundaries. I was just having a conversation with an employee of, you might not seem like a big deal right now, but I recommended to them, I said, hey, 
you should probably move up that needing just a little bit because that that's gonna that's a little late for a, just a random meeting that could probably be done in the afternoon. And they're in that type of personality. They they want to be a pleaser. They're an achiever, which achieve being achiever is great. I think that's great. We should strive for accomplishments and all those things because that's that's what greatness is. But it's a it's a yellow flag because a person who cannot set their own boundaries will burn out. And it might not be they just get super tired, but mentally, they're not working. They're not physically at that meeting. They're thinking about being off work. They're thinking about having a different job that's easier. And this is the stuff where I've had conversation with people where they go, well, they just need to toughen up. They just need to get the, it's like, no, 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 John Maxwell, right? Everything rises and falls on the leader, AKA, we got to take ownership of our people. And like I said, set them for them. On the side of, again, these are employees. These are not just random people, but you need to set them for them and help them understand why they have a boundary. Because if we don't explain why we do something with a person on our team, they're not going to catch the heart. They're just going to catch the practicality in their head. So their brain is going, okay, my boss just said I need to be off by 5 p.m. today. Okay. But the heart doesn't understand so what they're doing is they're not learning and developing. They're just honestly mimicking principles that you have placed or convictions. And that is not development. What that is, is copycats. And we don't want copycats. We don't want little mini versions of yourself and your organization. You want the fullest potential, fullest person individually. And again, this works when you have already structure in place because if you're leading more than 10 people you're probably overwhelmed and they're not all being pastored or led well but this is again boundaries boundaries is the key to development i'll say that you need to have boundaries they need to have boundaries you need to have boundaries with your calendar with your conversations with your one-on-ones and we'll go into that all a bit but you need to measure what matters jump into the next one measure what matters so how do we quantify health like development equals health I would say that those things, you can't be an unhealthy person and be developed. That doesn't even make any sense, right? I'm, I'm saying that you're going, Josh, those are literally the same thing. That is true. Health is usually the indication of somebody is developing upwards. Again, all the leads, right? Physically, spiritually, emotionally. And these are the things that matter. And I, I, I've often said in other episodes about things need to be quantifiable, like especially when you're in an organization or leading in a, in a full-time position in a church, we can't just have all fairy tale mindsets. Like things need to be quantifiable, which might mean, hey, you can't have more than five meetings right now because I understand that you're a creative mind and you need to have some time just to roam and think and to think about the future of your team. Again, you can make it as practical as you want. I can give you thousands of different ideas, but again, these are just higher level thoughts that I want you to ponder and think about. But yeah, measuring what matters. How do we quantify that individual person's health? Again, it might literally be them working out and helping them understand the importance of that. Because we all know that's a problem in the church, having people overweight. And that makes zero sense to me because... Again, there's a difference between somebody just being overweight and not working towards it or not understanding empathy on both sides, which is I'm going to put myself in your shoes, understand the season you're in. But if somebody is actively okay with it and even jokes about it, especially from a, a meeting table, that's a serious problem they need to address just as much as somebody drinking and making a joke of it in front of 
their staff or people in the church, he would say the same thing. All that to say, we need to understand how do we quantify health in our individual teams and people? Because every person has a season. And I think in the church, we've actually started to mute that word season because it's been so, we don't get that choice to not think about the word season, but there are, there are seasons in life where somebody is young and they don't have kids, they're not married, and they can put way more time and investment into specific things that someone who's married has four kids can do. And us not having the empathy to be able to speak to that person and give them that, the affirmation that they need in that season about their potential in, within that boundary, we're, we're just doing an injustice to them because they could actually be winning. They could actually be doing so good in their job and their role in, their, in the fruit inspection of you saying, man, their team is flourishing, the ministry is flourishing, the people are being developed and being discipled. But they don't know that because you're not helping them understand the numbers that need to be quantified and measure. Measure what matters. Stop wasting time and energy in meetings talking about things, talking about theories or philosophies of ministry get more practical because many times when we have the self-feeder culture, I've seen this anyways, is you, you actually develop self-feeding with all the wrong things. Again, reading my Bible, praying to God by myself, being in isolation and not turning my phone on and sitting with the Holy Spirit. That's all stuff that needs to be personal, right? And there's moments where we're going to be doing that corporate as well. But it's not good when you're trying to make all of that development as an isolation task. I remember being 18, having a conversation with somebody who heard as a college pastor, hired as a college pastor in college and go, here you go, build a college ministry. They never had a one-on-one. -on -one, they never had a conversation. They never got feedback on the service flow, nothing. Six months later, he gets sit down with the executive and they go, Hey, this isn't working out. This is somebody who served in the church for 15 years, the same church, that church, faithfully, not one problem. And that was the first time where I realized how poor we are at developing people in our staff positions, because we assume that they are going to just understand it all. We're going to assume that they, just because they love Jesus and can teach a little bit about the Bible means that they're going to be brilliant thinkers and innovators and leaders, but we would never do that in either context. So don't just assume people know how to build teams, build structures around their services, because most of the time we serve in one area of the church, which isn't bad, but there's times where you don't know something about something else and we're not teaching them how to think. We're not teaching them to see what we see on a Sunday. What we're doing is we're just telling them to do the tasks we don't want to do. And that's a problem. So don't be that person. Develop your people talk about, again, define what development means in your, in your church staff or your staff if you're not a church. Share the vision, make it personal, set boundaries, you and them. Try to figure out what are we going to measure equals health. And again, structured relationships are not bad. This is the last thought before we get into some five really points of how to practically develop somebody, but structured relationship isn't bad. The thought of somebody being on staff at a church and not having a direct leader that you're leading a one-on-one -on -one with generally frustrates me because these are people who are responsible for souls. Like we are literally taking care in God's children and we are just assuming that they're going to be good. That just makes no sense because on a Sunday, what we would do is we'd communicate to the church. They need to be in a small group. They need to serve. They need to be in community, whatever that means in your church, whatever community means. But then when it comes to the staff, 
they're not modeling that at all because it's not an expectation or you haven't given permission to do so because you think that there needs to be a hierarchy where they can't actually get coffee with somebody and it not be super pastoral, but it could just be relation. Structured relationships are not bad. We preach structure about everything else in our lives. The most, what, structured people are usually, and structure and discipline kind of go hand in hand, but any other place in the world that we are disciplined in, it's kind of a requirement. But the second it comes to you developing your people, somehow you think that that's just going to be organic. And that's just not how humans work, in my opinion. Every job that they're doing, every task they're doing, every relationship, you are making sure they are leading. You are saying it needs to be structured. Their marriage, they have a date night once a week on a specific day. That's structure. Again, it's not bad. It's saying you matter to me, which means you're going to be on my calendar. And I would venture to say, if I asked you, hey, do you care about your staff? Do you love your staff? You would go, well, duh, Josh. Okay, well, then show me the meeting rhythms you have with them individually. And again, this, you might be a team leader of a, of a church and you have five people on your team. That's, it's the same principle as a lead pastor with 50 staff. Again, you're not going to lead all 50 people, but you might be leading five who lead 10. You know, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. We need to bring structure to our relationships because structure and discipline equals development. All right, jumping into three kind of practical key points here to make sure you are developing. If you do these three things, I promise you, your team will grow, not only numerically, but also spiritually and emotionally. Again, all the least can speak to someone's potential. Your job is not to speak to where people are at. It's to speak where they're going, which this takes vision. This takes prayer. This takes thinking about the person. And it's not bad to even document this. Say, hey, this is where I see you going. And you got to get a vision for that person, like I said at the beginning, and to help them understand where they're going if they don't have a personal vision and how do those things integrate. But constantly speak to the person's potential. And that, that means you got to speak to the, the upgraded version of that person so that they might be anti-confrontational. They don't like confronting people on their team. They're a little intimidated by it. What this practically means is you got to speak to the person you see in them that is confrontational. So for me, example, I tend to be more confrontational than gentle. So if you're my leader thinking about Josh being a gentle, hospitable, kind person, you've got to compliment and find the moments in which I'm doing that and feed that. And that's not manipulation, that's development. That's saying, man, that, that trait of yours that is growing, I need to highlight that and find the moments you do it and also model it. So speak to the person's potential. You need to cast vision for life. You got to say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. And then also here's where you're going. And by the way, this is not titles. The church has a bad job at this because all we do is go, hey man, I see you being a pastor. I see you preaching. I see you leading this team. Don't speak to the title or the, the practical role they're going to be in. You got to speak to the character traits in which that person is developing into. So speak to that. Talk about that. Compliment that. Compliment them, even if they aren't living in it. That's the definition of prophetic. We're speaking ahead to the future in which we see for our teams. So number one, speak to people's potential. Number two, spend time with them. I don't, I don't think we can get more practical than just spend time and bring people in your world. I cannot stand this concept of fast-tracking human beings. 
there is no fast track to building leaders. There is no fast track to building people into being what God has called them to be. You're in it for the long haul. And if you aren't in it for the long haul, people, please allow someone else to take over because that is our responsibility. We're not building anything else besides people. That is literally what the church is. And the church should not be a place where we use people to build a church. We need to be the church that uses the church to build the people. So you got to spend time with them. Bring them into your journey. Bring them over for dinner. Have them over with no plan. Just hang out. Say, hey, I'm going to this meeting with this pastor at lunch. I want you to come with me. The, the red flag to me is a person who is always alone. The leader, you're not leading anyone if you're alone all the time. You need to be committed to the process of developing them by bringing them in your world. So spend time with them. Invest in them. I remember our last pastor went ring shopping with me. He could, didn't have to do that, but he spent time at a mall walking around. And we're not talking about like crazy church stuff or theology. We're just looking at rings and talking through the different models of that. That to me is somebody who's going, I'm just going to spend time with them. We're just going to hang out. And you got to be good at that. And that, that also takes development, right? You got to not be an awkward, shy, weird person in those moments. And how you do that is caring more about that person than your personal preference or design. I'm not saying do something that God hasn't told you to do. What I'm saying is be a kind person who allows people in your world, bring them in your world, and they will see the real version of you, which that's how people learn. They don't learn from a staff meeting once a month where you rant about your frustrations they develop through being consistent with you and watching the life you live. The last one out of this, stay consistent. You can't be hot and cold in leadership, especially in the staff development side of it. You cannot be hot and cold in the office. And one day you're super excited and you're loving on people. The next day you're rude and your door's shut and you don't want to be around people. Can't be that guy. Can't be that girl. You need to be consistent because... If I've seen something, I'm Gen Z, but Gen Z millennials, they want consistency. I would venture to say a 19-year-old right now would rather have somebody who's consistently bad than super good and bad both times. And that's just, that's just my opinion, but you gotta, you gotta be a consistent person, not just with your schedule, your routine, not just with your schedule, routine, like I just said, but with your personality. And again, you, you have grace just as much as everybody else does and you can't have bad days the problem is when you have bad weeks bad months bad years that's a problem which speaks to the health of you we got to get help as leaders we got to model what it looks like to go to therapy to go to the gym to go to conferences go by ourselves on a retreat whatever but again be consistent and if you want to be taken seriously not just in the church not just in the business world but as a person be consistent if there's one principle that you can take away from this episode, be consistent. Be the most consistent person in your world. At 4.05 on a Tuesday afternoon, your team should know I'm getting a text at 4.05 on Tuesday. I, on Wednesday morning, I know Pastor's going to walk in with coffee or you get it. Endless examples, but be the most consistent person in your world and you will be taken seriously and the people in your world will be able to see how it's modeled. It's not just be a hot and cold leader, but be a consistent person with the people in your planet. So the last few really basic principles that I, I think applies to you via 
Jonah 1. So go read Jonah 1. Pause this, come back to it. But there's really two points here that you can see God and Jonah and how we can develop people in our world. So two simple points here. Choose somebody, give them a mission. So God, God gives Jonah a clear mission, right? Go to Nineveh. That's his mission. He chose the person. He gave him a mission. So my last prompting question here, do people know exactly what their mission is? And, and again, we, we say mission, we say vision, we say develop, we say consistency. We say these things in the church all the time, but I don't know oftentimes if we bring definitions to them. But that's what I would prompt you to do before you do anything is walk through these words and go, man, what is this, God, what does this mean to me? And how does this apply to my organization? So you need to choose somebody. If you're leading the host team and you're going, I want someone to replace me in six months, which you should, by the way, everyone should have a replacement ready to go like today. But, you know, let's say you do it. You find somebody, again, think about their potential. Don't think about today. Find somebody, give them a mission. A vision and mission is what determines the potential of a team. The vision and sight are different, right? Sight is practical. What you see with your eyes, vision is what you see with your eyes closed. You think about that person and go, man, who are they going to be in six months? Okay, that's the type of person I'm going to speak to. I'm going to speak to the potential of that person. So not only did you just choose somebody, man, that person's so great. They're so charismatic. They're so fun. They're so joyful. People naturally come to them and give them, give them something to do. And again, it might not be everything. It might not start out. You don't want to dump on people. You want to delegate to people. Delegate a couple things and see how they handle it. Say, hey, I would love for you to take over planning center scheduling. Can you and I sit to get down together next week and work together on it so then you can take it over? Not only what you're doing is freeing up your time, but you're giving them accountability and something practical to do, and they're going to love it. And, you're, and you go in your head, man, I hate it. You didn't hate it when you started because you were passionate and you were excited about the future of what you were building. So much so that you would do something when your leader asked them to do. Or practically, give them someone to lead. Take, a, take them to coffee and take someone else to coffee and challenge them. Say, hey, I want you guys to start hanging out. I just think there's something with you guys relationally that would go great. I want you guys to start hanging out. So choose somebody and then give them a mission. God gives Jonah a message and a mission. So do people know exactly what their mission is? So I hope this helps you. And again, this is just practical. These are some observations. And honestly, it's kind of sparked from just some conversations I'm having currently with people who are being developed really great. And there's also people who are saying, I don't think I'm being developed. And that, and that question itself, right? We want to be self-feeders. You want to constantly be growing. Again, you're listening to this podcast, you're developing, you're listening. So just to run through these thoughts again, so you have them, you need, you need to de define development. We don't find good leaders, but build good leaders. You need to have a vision, make it personal. Again, do it's your job to paint the picture. If they don't know the vision. They don't understand how the vision applies to them. It's not their fault. It's your fault. If they can't set boundaries. Help them understand why they need to have boundaries and work with them to set those in place. Measure what matters. How do we quantify health? Again, I can't do that for you. Your organization needs to figure out what is the goal for your organization and work backwards, reverse engineer it to find practically how to quantify health in that individual. And structured relationships are not bad. We do it with literally everything else on our planet. And I don't know how somewhere we gave ourselves the permission to give excuses on why to not develop people, but we need to develop people Speak to someone's potential, spend time with them, and stay consistent. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Seriously, it's been so much fun. We'll see you next week.